Hello everyone. My name is Kaan Kalıpçı, um, the venture partner for Wanda Capital in Turkey. For this po- podcast, I'm joined by Cankut, my partner at Aslanova Capital, and Hande, uh, CEO and co-founder at Insider. So before we uh, dive in, if you guys can give a brief introductions about yourselves, uh, Cankut. Uh, hello everybody, uh, this is Cankut. I work at Aslanova Capital. We're a venture investor in Turkey. We invest primarily in B2C companies, but also some B2B companies like Insider, where Chanda is going to be talking about. And we started investing in Turkey at the end of 2012. We've invested in over 40 uh, companies right now. So we're a very, very active investor. Hi, everybody. This is Hande. Uh, actually, I'm one of the co-founders and CEO of Insider. Uh, I'm a one X entrepreneur and uh, we have co-founded Insider by six people. Insider is a product company which operates and has office in eight different countries. Uh, and we are in the actually phase of being a much more uh, global product company. Uh, so what we are doing is we are working with online businesses in order to optimize their conversions rates. This is briefly what we are doing. Great. So uh, you guys both decided to give up your gigs overseas to come back to Turkey and join this uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem. Uh, which indicators and developments showed you the potential in the market and how would you describe your experience so far compared to your initial expectations? In my case, uh, it wasn't actually a question of uh, indicators or uh, specific market attributes. Uh, it was more a question of where I could have a bigger impact. So before this, I uh, was running a seed stage investment fund in the States, and their capital is plenty. Um, so if you don't fund an investment, somebody else, as long as that's investment worthy, somebody else is definitely going to make that investment. In Turkey, that's not the case. Uh, it certainly at least wasn't the case uh, before you know 2010. I also think that it wasn't, uh, it still isn't fully the case, but it's slowly starting to get there. Uh, so my, prim- my primary motivation was, at this stage of my career, do I want to be uh, in a place where if we were not there, there would be a significant difference or not? And that's why I came to Turkey. Uh, my parents are originally Turkish, uh, so there wasn't the natural uh, fit. Following coming to Turkey, uh, I think that I've been pleasantly surprised. I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, I think that we're We're in a position, as I said, we've made over 40 uh, investments into Turkish companies. Over 30 of those are still active. Uh, some of them have closed down, uh, but we're very happy with the 30 that uh, 30 plus that are active. I enjoy uh, working with them. I also think that the ecosystem has come a long way uh, over the last three, four years that I've been in Turkey. One of the statistics that we look at is the total amount that's been invested in Turkish startups and our share uh, of that. So when we look at 2013, 14, and 15, uh, we see each year the aggregate dollars invested in Turkish startups increasing from around you know, $35, $40 in 2013 to $45, $50 to around $60. And this year, the number is going to be even larger. We're forecasting that it's probably going to be somewhere between $70 and $80 million invested in Turkish startups. And That's despite our share of those investments uh, falling. So we were very active in 2013. 
where we invested probably over half of the of the total dollars going into the uh, sector. Uh, that share was large in 2014, but it grew, uh, but it uh, became somewhat smaller. In 2015, it became even smaller, and in 2016, it's become even smaller than that. So despite our decline, the ecosystem as a whole has been getting much more capital. And what that shows is that, yes, we may have started things off in 2013, but now other investors are taking off, are taking up that role uh, where we left off. And I think that's the best indicator of what I alluded to earlier, which is, did we really have an impact by investing in companies that may have otherwise not gotten funded? Yes. Uh, and now are we seeing other investors in those companies also ensuring that this trend of uh, companies who deserve to get funded still do get funded? Yes. The answer to that second question is also yes. Uh, so both in terms of uh, our impact as well as uh, the, the direction of the ecosystem, uh, we're, we're very, very happy. And the when insider is choosing to uh, going to another market, what we are looking is first the opportunity and second level of competition. The decision of Turkey that we are going to start this business from Turkey was also about potential of Turkey and also competition level. In 2012 that we established insider, there was no competition in Turkey and of course e-commerce sector was growing. However, from the day one, we knew that Turkey shouldn't be the only market that we should stay. Because still, it's the e-commerce market in Turkey, we can say amateur. So we decided to start from Turkey, maybe start in Turkey as a test pad. We acquired our first biggest accounts here. We made our first millions in Turkey, but it was like also practice for us. And from the actually tenth month, we started to expand to another country. So as a start, in terms of the actually e-commerce sector, it is a good start for that kind of technology companies. But Turkey itself never be enough to be a, a you know maybe global company or very successful startup uh, because Turkey is still growing. It is a good sign, but then not uh, but it's not enough actually. I see. Great. And uh, entrepreneurship has been a hot topic in Turkey for the last few years. Um, looking at also for the time uh, before you guys came here, how do you see the evolution of the sector and uh, what are some of the strengths we have and some of, what are some of the areas that we need to improve at? I think that uh, the sector has definitely come a long way uh, since uh, 2013. Uh, and maybe there's two ways to look at it. One is sort of capital-wise, the other is talent-wise. Uh, I think that capital always follows talent, is, uh, is my view. Uh, first, you need to have uh, people, who, great people working on great things, and money, whether that's in terms of investments or that's in terms of eventual exits, that uh, follows through. Uh, and that has been the case uh, on the capital side. So we've seen that the amount of VC money actually dedicated to Turkey it was pretty much non-existent before 2010. Now, uh, based on our calculations, there's about 200, 250 million dollars of capital earmarked for Turkish uh, internet technology startups. So the capital is there, which suggests that if the capital is there, that means that the talent must also be there. Uh, that's the because that's the precondition to the capital. I think that that side, if you think about talent, there is probably three things that are important there. Uh, one is the integrity of the people. Uh, second is the, the intelligence of the people. And the third is the energy uh, of the people. 
those each of those elements, you know, you can dig deeper into how you attract people that are uh, high quality in those in those areas. Uh, that's what the Turkish ecosystem needs to focus on, not only in terms of attracting Turkish people uh, that have those talents, but also uh, foreigners, people from the region as well, internationals from the region as well. Uh, one of our investments, which we actually did together with Wanda, for example, is a company called Volt. It's an inner-city ride-sharing startup in uh, Istanbul, and the founder is Lebanese. Uh, if we're able to attract international founders who also had not only international founders, but also international uh, employees. For example, Insider, because of its unique, uh, uh, pretty unique uh, situation where it has a lot of its revenues coming from abroad, it does have a lot of international talent on the team. Uh, so bringing international founders and international talent to Turkey to work for Turkish startups, I think that's going to be the main way in which we improve uh, the ecosystem and uh, the internet sector in the future. I think in our ecosystem there are a lot of opportunities about investment. I don't think that uh, good entrepreneurs should actually find it difficult to get invested because if you have a good uh, team in just not just the idea, I think you can find money easily compared to especially last five years of Turkey. In terms of the, you know people now this entrepreneurship mindset is developing. And even the you know great leaders or great CEOs of the other companies has a tendency to help the entrepreneurs. So I can say the ecosystem is, itself is quite friendly. But I think we have to improve in our ecosystem is the mindset of the people, because we still think that we can be successful by working from nine to six. And if you would like to find a really good talent who is maybe currently working for the big companies of Turkey, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. So it is. A, it, it means you have to just find limited. You are going to find just limited source of talent who cannot get out of their comfort zone because they are used to work uh, based on the you know last attitudes or approaches of the companies. For example, maybe or not maybe certainly John knows better than me because of his. Uh, Silicon Valley experience. In Silicon Valley experience, people see it as a work and life integration. But in Turkey, it's not the case. They see they see it as a life and work balance. So they would like to get this balance. They would like to get uh, you know opportunities like you know having their private insurance, the car, and the op other opportunities. So we cannot transform those talented people who who are there in, in their comfort zone to a real entrepreneur. So this is the one of the most important thing is my, I think, mindset, changing the mindset of the church ecosystem. Because I, I know a quotation I, that I really like, the most successful startups are the ones who works most actually. So this is what I believe also. Second thing is our uh, way of approaching being a global startup. As I have told, Turkey is a very limited market. So I think most of the startups of course, based on what they do, they should go for global, but we don't have the, this mindset. On the, on the issue of the, uh, the first uh, part about uh, the talent uh, maybe not working hard enough or not uh, putting in the hours necessary, I, I think I, I, I tie that into what I said about you know, the three attributes of important talent earlier. So if you look at integrity, intelligence, and energy, I think that, all, that actually highlights the energy component. I think that... Turkey, by definition, for example, Hande, uh, 
believes that she uh, it, that people have the ability to shape the future and that she has the ability and her team has the ability to shape uh, the marketing technology landscape of, uh, of not only internet companies but beyond the internet sector. And that drives her to, uh, and her team to put in the hours and do the work. Unfortunately, there is a more uh, deterministic, a bit more fatalistic uh, view uh, generally in Turkey that uh, luck is a greater uh, that luck is a greater component. That the outcomes are already preordained; they're predetermined before uh, before you actually. You know, try to uh, take an action to actually change them. So that fundamental mindset uh, change, exactly. believing that people are going to be uh, shaping the future, uh, is is one that I, I fully agree with. I think that's something that we need to to focus on. Unfortunately, that's that's something that's you know it's uh, very deeply ingrained. It's something very very difficult to uh, to change. It's easy to talk about changing it, but actually changing it is. Uh, maybe 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 more so than actually changing it, actually finding the people who do have that mindset and uh, supporting them to, who do have the mindset that things aren't deterministic, that people will uh, will determine the future, and supporting them such that they can eventually be role models. Maybe that's an easier way of trying to uh, actually create that change than actually looking uh, to you know educate everybody. To adopt a more, you know, people shape the future mindset. By the way, sometimes I can understand this mindset because when I, for example, visit Europe to for investors, you know, meetings, I can also see from their approach, first approach, okay, guys, you have a great company, you build a great company, you are expanding, your expansion is so fast, and you are getting really top clients, and your team seems great, but you know, you are a product company started in Turkey and rising from Turkey. So the story itself doesn't match that much. Being in Turkey actually is a disadvantage, especially for a product company, unfortunately. But I think we are the ones who is going to change this disadvantage by creating successful, more successful global companies. I cannot see any other way. If we can succeed in creating this global story, then things will change. Yeah, the more success stories, it's going to help the yeah. general... And people start to believe it. Because yeah. I can understand now, now the people cannot believe it. Because when you say that we will change the things, we will change the technology, we will disrupt the sector, maybe it's a little bit tough for for people because we didn't have kind that kind of success story yet, apart from some acquisitions in the e-commerce sector. So I think we should first change this story, but we should first believe in it to change it. Great. And if we look at more uh, specific areas within the ecosystem, we've seen uh, some evolution there as well. Uh, I remember towards 2010s, 2008, there were flash deal sites were very popular. Uh, then came the age of the e-commerce verticals, specific e-commerce verticals. Um, and today, where do you see the area with the most potential and how do you see it evolving uh, within the next five years moving forward? Uh, our view there is that we let the entrepreneurs uh, tell us we're uh, we're not a we're more of a bottom up investor than a top down investor. So we don't have uh, you know sectoral heat maps of attractiveness that we then uh, find a model that's attractive and then look for entrepreneurs in that area. We did try that; it was not uh, it was not successful. So we decided to drop that. Uh, we let you know entrepreneurs uh, tell us. Uh, but if we so if we look at the types of sectors that are uh, coming to uh, us. Uh, from uh, 
uh, from entrepreneurs. I obviously there is the uh, the global trends are also reflected in Turkey. So what does that mean? We're starting to see uh, a lot more uh, IoT startups, a lot more uh, startups in whichever uh, vertical applying machine learning to uh, their uh, to their businesses. However, uh, I think that we're seeing a lot of you know drone startups and so forth in Turkey as well. Uh, however, I think that still the companies that I think there's still a long way to go to uh, in uh, more uh, traditional uh, uh, sectors uh, and then in uh, applying those more cutting-edge technologies and supporting uh, startups with those cutting-edge technology because the, the cutting-edge technology still even in more advanced markets they haven't been proven you know there's a lot of uh, you know great AI startups and drone startups and so forth being funded however the successes are not there yet. Whereas the successes in using uh, technology and applying software to different sectors uh, to uh, impact those sectors, that's something that uh, it's been demonstrated to be uh, to create value. And there's still significant opportunities, I think, there in Turkey. For example, uh, we, we also invest in uh, the states. Uh, we invest in uh, uh, smaller tickets, but we also invest in the states. We have a startup in the states in the agri-tech sector. So uh, it uses technology and sensors to uh, improve the yields of farmers in specific uh, crop types, for example. that It's a traditional sector where you can use sensors and software to improve it. Uh, I think that there must be opportunities like that in Turkey as well. Another example is, so my partner Hassan's uh, personal business, this is outside of our minority investment portfolio, but his personal business is a company called Webnuck. It's the trucking industry. Uh, so it's a marketplace connecting, a managed marketplace connecting SMEs with, uh, with truckers for their currently uh, inner Turkey, inside of Turkey shipments. That's, uh, it's a very uh, traditional, very large sector being uh, where software is being applied uh, to make the operation. So finding a trucker, finding the right trucker and being able to uh, have them serve you at, uh, at an auction based price essentially to, uh, to enhance that uh, specific industry. So I think there's a lot of, uh, if I was an entrepreneur, I think, and uh, I was looking at specific sectors. There's a lot of very traditional uh, sectors where you still have big opportunities to uh, change using using software, agriculture, and uh, trucking. Essentially, are two examples of those. Right. Well, uh, because of what we are doing, we have a very close touch with our uh, clients, e-commerce sites, in terms of their data and also how is the how is the general you know. Uh, metrics of the e-commerce site is going. Unfortunately, I cannot be that much optimistic about the e-commerce environment in Turkey nowadays. Of course, it will continue to grow. But when I look at the numbers, um, for the especially some of the websites, e-commerce sites or mobile apps, the, the numbers can cannot be improved uh, just like the other maybe regions or other countries. Some of the websites has lost significant amount of users or their, for example, page views are decreasing for the last eight or eight to ten months. It might be about or a lack of maybe good management, uh, but I think the most important reason is the training of the teams. 
I look at the digital marketing teams of the e-commerce websites or mobile apps, and I cannot see teams who can who follow the world, the latest trends, what is going on in the world in terms of the digital marketing. Uh, you know, they, they they cannot utilize the data to be able to manage their you know uh, budgets uh, better. So, in terms of training and in terms of the way that we look at the business, I think we should do m- much more benchmarking, look at the latest trends, and use more intelligence and more data to when managing the things, especially e-commerce in e-commerce. I think this also this kind of approach is also affected by the competition itself. You know, competition shouldn't be something that lets you to make ridiculous things like breaking the prices so much. I think still we are going to the same. We are coming to the same point. If you would like to get uh, rid of the competition, at some point, uh, I think even also the e-commerce sites should go for going abroad. Because this will give them a new and fresh breath, uh, and uh, again, you know, we have a kind of a quotation which is also that we put on the wall in the office: "Measure to learn, measure to fix." I think we should, we should e-commerce sites should measure much more. Otherwise, this trend of you know uh, falling down in the numbers by numbers will continue unfortunately in the e-commerce. Uh, sector. We have the potential. The population is growing. E-commerce, uh, you know, uh, ecosystem sh- will sure grow, continue to grow. But this time, if we cannot be my, much more intelligent, we might lose some of our e-commerce size, even very big e-commerce size on the way. So I think it's a good leverage to talk about some of Insider's capabilities and the way you guys are trying to help the sector. Uh, with their retention rates and acquisition rates, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you can talk about that, uh, what kind of capabilities do you have? How do you add mm-hmm. value to your customers mm-hmm. uh, in different geographies and sectors? Obviously, uh, and yeah, according to Forrester's report, e-commerce report for 2015, the conversion rates of the e-commerce sites in the world is about three percent. In Turkey, it's much more lower. It's about 1.08%. So, I think we have still lots of points in terms of conversion to improve. So, what the insider is doing, we are tracking the user behaviors within the website and mobile app, and based on those behaviors, we create customized or personalized experience for the users, which actually increases the conversion rates of the users and turn them into a customer. But this is the only part of the conversion optimization within the website or in the app. By the way, we can also unify the users, which means we can also target the users in different platforms, so we can increase the efficiency of the you know customer's journey. However, it's one part of the game. For the last uh, one and a half years, after acquiring the top, our top clients in different regions, actually after collecting more than 55 terabytes of first-party user data, we have mined this data through machine learning algorithms and we have created our predictive models. And we use those predictive models and segmentation not just for the website optimization or conversion optimization within the website, we also utilize this data that we see a need, which is actually ad optimization. What we are doing is, we are using this, those customized predictive segments for optimizing the ad budgets of the e-commerce sites because there is a bad tech usage in the ad tech. 
when they are, they are giving, make, creating a new Google AdWords campaign, what they are doing is they cannot start target the users or segment the users and give the uh, create the AdWords campaign accordingly. So it creates actually lack of you know optimization in the ad budgets. So as insider for the last eight months after completing the RPOCs with eight different accounts, including Singapore Airlines and Airlow, Uniqlo, sorry, we have also started to uh, you know increase the return on uh, investments not just within the websites also out of the website in the ad tech part. So what we have created so far is something bringing MarTech and ad tech together in the intersection of uh, the ad tech and MarTech, which optimizes uh, actually their biggest, one of their biggest pain, which is ad spendings. Jankut Hande talked about e-commerce companies uh, should try to expand internationally. Um, What is it? How, what should they do to achieve that? Is it just a product offering? Is it a management mindset? Uh, do you see it as a realistic uh, target for them? I think that uh, the e-commerce in large verticals, the Turkish market offers a large enough opportunity such that you can build a you know, large, valuable, venture-backable where the returns make sense for a venture investor business in e-commerce in Turkey alone. And there are several examples uh, of that, of course. Uh, there are examples in, you know, the there's the horizontal players like Hepsiburada, there's uh, clothing-focused uh, players, there's, uh, in our portfolio, there's a company in the furniture space, Vivense, which uh, we're, we find very promising, that's performing very well. There are certain verticals that are you can succeed in in uh, Turkey alone. Uh, however, uh, ideally, uh, if you want to, maybe if you're attracting a smaller uh, vertical, you need to go abroad, or if even if the vertical might be big enough in Turkey, you just have bigger ambitions, uh, you might want to go abroad. And uh, we have examples of that in our uh, portfolio as well. Uh, one of those companies is a company called Modenisa. It's the lead, It's a company that Vamda also recently uh, co-invested in, and uh, it's the leading hijab uh, e-commerce company in the world right now. And it's a rare one of the probably the only company that I know of in Turkey that uh, has more sales abroad. The only e-commerce company that I know of in Turkey that has more sales abroad than it has locally in Turkey, uh, and there, that's an example of if I of the two that I alluded to. It's not because actually the hijab market is small uh, in Turkey. I think the that market in Turkey is actually big enough, uh, but it's just because their ambitions uh, are larger, and there's still a blue ocean, uh, low competition environment in that specific vertical abroad that uh, Modernisa using a combination of that low competition environment as well as its uh, own ambitions has been has been successful in in growing abroad uh, but e-commerce yeah I think e so in e-commerce there is a specific opportunity to be big enough in uh, in uh, Turkey alone. However, in other sectors, I know your question was about e-commerce, but in other sectors like uh, uh, like what Insider is doing, for example, building a venture backable, uh, if you're very, very ambitious of building a very uh, big company, does require going beyond, uh, beyond the walls of Turkey, as Insider has done. Great. 
So if we uh, move back to the funding side, uh, we don't see many VCs making Turkey, international VCs making Turkey one of their uh, main focus target markets. Um, there are some international VCs who invest in Turkey, uh, but in my opinion, uh, looking at the market potential, there needs to be, we need, we need to figure out a way to attract them more. I mean, um, is there anything we can do to help the market, uh, the local ecosystem better to make it more attractive for investors and regional entrepreneurs looking to expand in Turkey? The, I don't think it's a question of marketing uh, the ecosystem better. I think it's a question of making the ecosystem better. I, I think the marketing side, I think we're, that we're, we're pretty good at that. So we have conferences and uh, as investors, we go abroad and we talk to investors and we... Uh, we uh, try to introduce them to our companies and uh, the nonprofits like Endeavor. Uh, they do a great job of promoting uh, promoting Turkey's startup ecosystem abroad. I think we're very good, uh, and a lot of countries are very good at the marketing. But it's the core product, so it's the ecosystem itself that you need to focus on. And then the ecosystem itself, again, returning to uh, what I said earlier in this conversation, like capital follows. Talent. If great people are working on great things, capital comes, whether that's in the terms of follow-ons, whether that's in terms of the exits. So what we have to focus on is, uh, is, the, is the people. Uh, it's the talent and it's the, you know, the integrity, intelligence, energy things that I uh, spoke about earlier. For example, we touched on uh, you know, my views on the, what we can do on the, the energy side, perhaps maybe on the intelligence side, for example. Like there are two ways of uh, attracting uh, getting more intelligent, right? One is through a formal uh, schooling, uh, education, obviously, and Turkey has uh, some very uh, strong schools, uh, like Boazici, like uh, to like many, many others, uh, like Otu in uh, Ankara and Bilkent in Ankara. Um, and those, as well as a lot of Turks going, studying abroad, coming back, uh, and so forth. Then there's the informal, uh, education side. On the informal education side, I think there now there's all we live in an age where information is available to anyone who wants it. That wasn't in the past. That wasn't the case in the past. So together with the internet now, uh, as long as there's a free internet and as long as you're motivated to go out and find information, you can find information. Uh, you can learn things that a hundred years ago, maybe you never had the opportunity to learn outside uh, outside of a formal education system. So, the first step of actually accessing that information—that's up to your personal motivation. After you access that information, uh, creating something based on it, and then sharing it for the use of others—those are uh, two things that I think we need to focus on. On the creation side, uh, that. Uh, that's something that, again, that ties into the, the motivation of the people involved. So not only taking information uh, and internalizing it yourself, but also using it to uh, build something, uh, build something on top of it. So that, and then once you share it, allowing other people to come in and learn from it as well. The sharing side is one side that uh, it has. Unfortunately, uh, in uh, Turkey, for example, it has been uh, more uh, more of a challenge. For example, there were the bans on social media that took place in Turkey uh, over the, I think there was one like a year and a half ago, and then there was another one like six months ago. Things like that, which 
limit the dissemination of information, the sharing of information, uh, are an inhibitor to, uh, to learning, to the, what we were talking about, the informal learning mechanisms which help create those great people. Uh, they're an inhibitor to learning. Uh, things like that need to, we need to be uh, frank with ourselves. You know, we can't ignore things like that. Uh, those are, uh, those, if we want to live in a society that encourages the, uh, that encourages great people to come here and to also improve themselves, um, we need to realize that uh, you know, bands like that are not the uh, are not the solution. Uh, we need to encourage uh, the access to information, the creation of information. People shouldn't be afraid of expressing their views. You know that that's that's another part of the creation part that I didn't talk about. You know how you have to once you acquire some information, you draw conclusions from that information, and from that information, before you share it, maybe you uh, you test it out with people. People shouldn't be afraid to create to test it out. Uh, those are areas that we need to to improve on. If those things happen, then you know the capital, international VCs, you know that'll that's just a, that's just a consequence of of those. Causes taking place. It's gonna follow on that. Well, actually, it's not something maybe I can comment on that much. Uh, but for me, I think it's simple. Just with a one sentence, if we can create more success stories, yeah. then they it will they, they get the attention of the VCs much more. I think before doing before doing so, we, I don't think that we can manage to get the attention. Yeah. And finally, I want to include a question about the MENA region mm -hmm. in general. Um, due to similarities in culture and market, uh, MENA seems to be the first option for Turkish entrepreneurs looking to expand mm -hmm. internationally. And uh, you guys have experience when it comes to startups expanding into MENA or from MENA to Turkey. What similarities and opportunities do you observe between the two markets and uh, how can we improve some mutual collaboration opportunities? First of all, I guess the you know the similarities in the culture or our closeness about the culture and other stuff is actually making the markets much more welcoming or people much more welcoming to each other for each other. For example, if you go to London, for example, for us, if we would like to generate a lead and get an appointment, it may even for us, although we have an experience to expand and from to a new country, it may take it might take ages to get the first appointment because this is this is UK, this is London, and this is their attitude uh, or approach to people coming from abroad. So I think it may not because of the because of being much more welcoming to the new uh, you know uh, people, especially from our region, then expansion could be much more easier and it can be a first place, first country or first region that you can expand before expanding to other countries. So I think it's one of the uh, biggest advantages um, seeing or meeting with an environment which is much more welcoming. Second thing is, I think like, the, like Turkey, MENA also needs much more improved startup ecosystem. So I think two uh, different regions should have a understanding about each other and help each other when doing business together. So uh, if the two regions can incentivize each other, if they can if they can make much more things easier for each of them, then I think the regions, two of the regions will post foster themselves together. For example, Vamba's approach 
to make a much more investment in Turkey and going a little bit deeper in Turkey, uh, I think something we should appreciate because this is how actually we can also help the Turkish ecosystem to improve and vice versa. So if those countries have the same approach to e for each other, then the much more opportunities will come. And uh, apart from those, actually, I think when Turkish venture capitalists should also say have the same approach, because I don't see that much venture capitalist who is investing in the MENA region. Maybe it might have a specific reason. Jan could uh, might mention it. I don't know. But just like the venture capitalists in MENA, maybe we can also in Turkish VCs can also show the same approach which will actually strength uh, more make this relationship much more stronger. Uh, let me address the, <laughs> uh, the second part first. Uh, sometimes I wish we invested in, uh, in the Middle East uh, because uh, many of the companies in the Middle East are, uh, the equivalent companies are actually smaller in Turkey than they are in the Middle East, uh, simply put. Uh, for example, we're investors in Bitaxi. It's the leading uh, taxi hailing uh, service in uh, Turkey. And uh, in terms of funds raised, I mean, I, I don't know the, it wouldn't be correct to compare the GMVs and so forth because that's private information. I respect the, the companies uh, doing that in uh, Turkey as well as uh, the Middle East. However, uh, Bitaxi has raised $7 million uh, so far in uh, Turkey. The equivalent of Bitaxi in uh, the uh, Middle East is Kareem. Uh, Wanda's, one of yep. Wanda's investments, and Kareem has raised uh, $60, $70 million. Yep. Like, if you take funding as a proxy for uh, the size of the company, um, then uh, I wish I had also invested in, uh, in Kareem. Uh, if you also you know, look at uh, the real estate uh, side, so uh, there's, I think it was Property Finder in mm. uh, the Middle East. Uh, I heard that they raised at a $200 million valuation. Uh, and that's public uh, information. And uh, I don't think that there's a uh, real estate focused. So there is Saeed in then in Turkey, which is a horizontal classified serving real estate and cars and many other uh, verticals. However, only focusing on the real estate side, I don't think there's a company of that size in Turkey. Uh, and I could go on with the list probably for other uh, models as well. So sometimes I wish that uh, we also invested in the Middle East. Uh, unfortunately, in our specific case, I can't uh, comment on other uh, venture investors, but in our specific case, we're simply uh, very, uh, we're, we're low on bandwidth here in, uh, in Turkey. Uh, with over 30 active companies, uh, it's the two of us, two partners, so uh, we don't have the bandwidth to uh, invest in the Middle East. However, uh, in the future, uh, who knows? Uh, who knows? Then the the question, uh, the original question was about how we can, what are the similarities between MENA and uh, Turkey and the differences, and how we can you know, better uh, promote uh, collaboration. I think the similarities are simply that uh, they're very fast-growing regions. Uh, still, you know, uh, despite the you know, uh, despite the political uncertainties, uh, Turkey and uh, the Middle East, they're growing much faster than uh, Europe. They're growing much faster than the States, and they have much younger uh, demographics, much more favorable demographics. That's probably not going to change in the future, and uh, they happen to be right next to each other. So it's a lot easier. Uh, still, we're not living in a world where you know you can just do work uh, off of uh, video conferences, proximity, geographic, physical proximity still does matter. So the fact that you're you know, both growing a lot and both 
very uh, physically close to each other suggests that you should be uh, collaborating a lot more before you know going into any of the cultural similarities or anything like that. Um, and I think the way that comes about though is is through entrepreneurs. Uh, I don't think it's through investors. Like uh, the reason why, for example, we had uh, the opportunity to uh, co-invest with you guys in Vault, for example, was the entrepreneur. We invested in Vault, uh, the ride-sharing startup that I mentioned earlier. Then uh, it's not because of us that you invested in Vault. It's because of uh, Ali, the founder, that Wanda invested in Vault. But once, so it's up to the entrepreneur to uh, create those uh collaboration opportunities, the foundation for those collaboration opportunities between investors. But once that's taken place, then, you know, Wanda looks at uh, Volt and says, well, you know, uh, Asanova actually invested in them earlier, so they're probably not bad guys. They probably know what we're doing, since we, what they're doing since we invested in the same company later. Uh, there could be opportunities for further uh, collaborations in the future. But the starting point is, is, the, is the entrepreneur. It's uh, whether it's the entrepreneur in Turkey uh, getting funding from the Middle East, expanding to the Middle East and getting funding from the Middle East, whether it's the entrepreneur in the Middle East uh, expanding to Turkey or uh, getting funding from Turkey. It, it all starts with, uh, with the entrepreneur. It all starts with, with the talent. Great. So thanks, guys. Uh, you've been great. Any final comments before we wrap up? Well, I can only say that entrepreneurs should be, I think, bold in terms of decisions, in terms of taking risks. And I don't see actually being entrepreneur as a risk because we have a lot of funding op options and opportunities in Turkey. You just need to just get, get, out of your, get out of your comfort zone a little bit more. So I don't see it as a risk. So I think we should be uh, bold about our decisions. This is the only thing I can add. I don't have anything to thank Wanda for the opportunity to yes. speak and the uh, listeners for, for listening. Yes. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in. Have a nice day.